0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com.
1: Seated it for just a moment. Aaron, stick with me. You got to stay. Stay. There we go. We're going to we're going to do a service today where we're emphasize all my words and just things like that. You guys can, you can stay or go, but it's up to you. You're good to go. Now, I wanted to bring up a very special guest that we have today. Very big. I'm going to intro it because it's, it just needs to be introed. Huge news coming out of Canada. Huge news. Now I've been telling you for a while that we are winning. I told you. Who's we? Who's we? The body of Christ. Those of us that have stood, those of us have said no when you're supposed to say no and said yes when you're supposed to say yes. Those of us who don't comply, who are the restraining, we are winning. We are winning. I'm telling you that it's true. I'm telling you that it's true. We're winning. We're good. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. We are winning. It's worth standing. It's worth saying no. We're winning, we are winning. I'm telling you, big news out of Canada, Artur, pa- just so you know, Arthur Pulaski's wife is here today, she's gonna come home and talk to you. Marzina is here, she's in the front row right here, blonde lady sitting next between the two other blonde ladies. Everything that they said about Arthur Pulaski, they've now had to say it was illegal. Everything they did, everything they did was illegal. We're winning. He's winning. Amen. Everything. Get out. Get out. Get out, you Nazi. Amen. The fines were illegal. The fines were illegal. The arrest was illegal. The detention was illegal. The jail time was illegal. The charges were illegal. That's what happens when you unequivocally stand. You don't give them an inch. Marzina, make your way up here. Hey Hope, can you or Aaron help out right there? Thank you.
0: Me. You know, government of Canada is is monitoring my steps in U.S. because they know my husband did such a damage. Right now, I can feel their breath on my back. So, for the record, guys, when you are watching this, I'm in a church when retired. Police officer is a pastor. <laughs> because shame on them. Amen. Shame on them.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: You still have good officers in in, in in US. We have a few. Few handful. Uh, overall is so bad. But here I am, yes, as, as, as Pastor Thomas was saying, huge victory yesterday. And it was funny, almost funny, because I, uh, my husband said, you know, tomorrow we're going to hear what the Court of Appeals said. And I don't know anymore what to expect. Uh, is it going to be tomorrow or in a year, the winning? I have no idea. So, and then, and then, He said, we won. What do you mean? All the charges drop. What do you mean? (laughs) So for you to understand, we are still on a hook uh, with with the Montana border. Still, those charges are against us. That was for the get out video. That was for, uh, that was for them, for, for us basically to, uh, to, to, the church was open and that was the biggest crime. So we won. But the reason I'm here is, there are a few reasons, but one of them, my husband said, I'm not allowed to go, but you go. So I'm here with my son. He's not here right now. He's at Turning Point uh, Conference yeah and and i'm too old to be there (laughs) so he's there i'm here and let me tell you i was not allowed to come here how about that so canada right now opened their border but us said no but we are closing the border i don't understand that game maybe somebody one day can explain it to me it's a payback You guys closed the border for us. Now we are closing for you. But we are here, we came here on diplomatic papers because we are testifying against government of Canada. And and U.S. is really considering putting Canada on a watch list. So against again, yeah, when it comes to the uh, persecuted church, and you know, I was thinking coming here, what sh- what should I, what kind of souvenir I should bring it? like teddy bear. <laughs> what should I bring it? Nothing, nothing. There is nothing that can explain what I felt back home and what I feel right now because I can I can tell you, silver and gold I don't have it but I give you the blessing and I give you our friendship so you stood up for us you stood up for us and let me tell you we felt those prayers We knew it. We are not alone. Back, back five and ten years ago, it's so hard when you fight in your country, when you fight in your city, and you are just alone. And people are leaving you, and they are mocking you, and they say, what this crazy Pavlovsky is saying? Canada is such a beautiful, free country. And we were alone. But now our stand more and more people are recognizing in Canada but especially in US especially in US and i want you to know that each time when my husband was arrested yeah all of those times the first phone call always was from tom's wife and it was so important for us, so important uh, to know that, and always should would ask what we can do. And I said, just, just keep talking about pressure works. But only, not only that, in the past, in the past, uh, we were struggling uh, with paying our bills. And I just wanted to, to, to tell you that, and one day, not one day, many times I said to the Lord, Lord, we can really fight for you. We can really stand for you because, because really we don't fight for God. We, we fight for, for our rights. But please, please, I don't have make make it in such a way that we don't have to worry about our bills. So not only that, this church always blessed us financially. Thank you. Thank you. So, I don't know if, if American church realize, because you know your skeletons, you know your shortcomings, but overall right now, I don't know if you realize how powerful force you are. Powerful. Powerful, powerful, uh, the way the way the church here in US is operating. I don't want to focus on skeletons right now. I know them and you know them, but the way you're operating, you understand that, that you have to be loud and you have to, and, and, and yes, this is very important, but also what goes online, it's important very very important and I I can't even I can't even explain what I feel right now uh, people are asking me tell us your story I, uh, tell, tell us your what did you go through as a woman, as a wife let me tell you this it was extremely hard it was extremely hard but we here I am today with smile on my uh, on my face. We won and we are po- more powerful uh, than ever. So so it was hard but God kept us together. God uh, kept us together. I will just tell you about one experience that was something new for me personally. It was new feeling. It was the fact that my ministry, my mission, uh, with everything else, I had to run street church and, and church in a building and 10,000 10, other things. The hardest thing was the realization that I have my husband's life in the palm of my hand. It was, it was God-fearing experience. Because my ministry, uh, my husband was 20, quickly I want to explain to you. My husband was 23 hours a day in in solitary. 23 hours for one hour, sometimes a little bit more than one hour. If they had a good day, it was one hour, hour and a half or two. So he would use this time uh, for shower, calling his mother, me and a lawyer. So sometimes I would have 20 minutes, sometimes 40 with him and in those 20 minutes I have to give him thread of hope. And I don't know if you realize uh, 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 that responsibility. Imagine you don't have your computer, you don't have your phone, you don't have a, a friend, a car, a congregation, the only person that is out there it's you. And, and, and I knew it. I could crush him or I could lift him up. And, and this is God-fearing experience. And all of us, at least one in our lifetime, we, we, we're going to have it. Uh, we have that, such a power over our children. We have it. We can completely crush them or we can, we can raise them high. Uh, unborn, another one. Uh, somebody in a hospital so I had that power I had that power and every day for 50 days he would call me and and sometimes we would whine together sometimes we would pray together uh, but always even though I was weak I could point at Jesus I could point at, at Jesus and Arthur would ask me question how is uh, how is the family? How is, how, how, how is the church? that people already forget about me? Because you know how it is, when after three days, after a week, people are moving on, they, they, they are moving on. For our congregation to be all those days in the front of jail and protest, it was something. It was something. And either we realize un- uh, as a congregation or not, at that time, we became an example for others to follow. Oh, this is what they do. This is how they do. This is how we're going to do it. So we, are, uh, we have in a congregation very unperfect people. So some freedom fighters, a lot of people are moving right now to Calgary to be just with us. Because they are looking right now for the leaders that stand up. And let me tell you what is happening in Calgary. Every church that was closed or they had Zoom. Right now, people are coming to us and they say, I cannot even listen their sermons. They lost authority. Amen. That's why people are going to come right now to the pastors that have this authority. Because, because now more than ever in a history, past history, since 2000 uh, years, we see who is who. Who is who. And I, when I was worshiping, I could see prophetically that this is such a place that people are going to move to this town to be with such a church. And I wanted to tell you, pressure works. Pressure works. Thousands, thousands of phone calls to jail to our city officials to to, to government, to Trudeau they were so upset they were so extremely upset and if they knew it I'm coming here I'm sure they will broke my leg or something (laughs) and here I am because I still can thank you so much and thank you
1: man. I'm just very excited. Listen, I'm a very, it's going to shock some of you. I'm a little competitive and I like to win. Just so you know, Jonathan and I, Jonathan Shuttlesworth and I are now in full boat competition. He challenged me the other day. He said, you put out your crowd picks of your church and your church is bigger than mine, but I'm coming, and I'm going to pass you. And I said to Jonathan, I sent back to him, I said, you know, even though it took you six months to get to 500 people, and it took me 16 years to get to 500 people, that does not deter my confidence. Bring it on. And I like that Arthur Pulaski's kicking their rear end. Yeah. I like it. I enjoy it. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. It's expected. And I'm glad. And there's still more charges that need to be dropped, and we're gonna pray that they are. Then they will be. Because you know what? They're scared of the real church. The real church is the restraining. You know what floors me still about about Christians. And I love you even if you think this way. People think I don't love them because I'm hard on them. You know, in football, the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to you is that your coach stops screaming at you. That means they just don't care anymore. You're gonna sit on the bench the rest of the year and whatever happens, happens. But what, what I, 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 I just, I'm astounded by Christians that think this is political. I, I really am, like I give my COVID updates and Christians are like, well, That was great, but I'm glad that he got to the message. It's all the message. How is is this political to you that when Paul was arrested, Peter was arrested, John was arrested, Jesus was arrested, that when you see your brothers and sisters in Christ being put in custody because the church caved— how is that political to anybody? The reason why people call it political is because they're COVID cavers and they don't wanna hold themselves responsible for what they did. Instead of simply going, you know what, I blew it. How many of you say that regularly in your life? I do, I blew it. It wasn't good, that's what you do now. If you're somebody who's strapped a mask on your face, understand that you helped to get Christians arrested. Because if you would have stood, they would have been so terrified of the church, they never would have dared. Does everybody understand that? You will never comply your way out of chains. Chains do not respond to compliance. You have to stand. How this is political for people, I don't know. Well, you talk about vaccines. Why do I talk about vaccines? Did I ever talk about measles before? Mumps. Polio vaccines, even the flu vaccine. I ever say, listen, I've never taken a flu vaccine in my life. I'm people, you know, I've heard church people come out, Well, you know, I gotta go in and get my flu vaccine. All right. You think I you think I should just start breaking out Matthew 16, 19? Why don't you just bite it? I do and I don't, it depends on whether it's an open door or not. But I don't start preaching about vaccines until there became what? A vaccine passport which directly correlates to Revelation chapter 13, where now people throughout the globe can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their QR-coded mark of the beast on their phone. Still in place in the European Union, still in place in New York City, still in place in Israel, still in place in Australia, still in place in Canada. Why is Art not here this morning? He wants to be here. Why is he not here? He's not allowed to buy, sell, trade, or travel without his QR code and mark on the beast. They call it ArriveCam. ArriveCam in Canada. Not only that, I had to play the video on the podcast last night. It's a woman standing at the counter, I believe it's at some airport in Canada. But she's like, you know what, why do I have to go into quarantine? She's quadruple vaxxed. She has her vaccine passport. But she doesn't have the app on her phone That's a Rive can. I thought it was all about your health. She did everything you said. She locked down, she masked, she vaxxed once, vaxxed twice, vaxxed the third time, vaxxed the fourth time. You couldn't grab your ankles any further down your ankle. There's no further way to bend over. It's still not enough for them. Because it's never been about your health. It's about, it's about getting to the vaccine passport. It's about getting to control. And see, vaccines are just one venue. What are they doing now? They're cordoning off all the food. They're cordoning off all the fuel. So that if you want to, why do they want you to have an electric car? Oh, this is politics. It's not politics. It's the word of God. It's Revelation 13, 16 and 17. Revelation 14, 9 through 11. Revelation 14, 14 through 16. Read it. It's not politics. I wouldn't be preaching. Do you think I care about Tesla? I'm not buying, I I marvel at people who buy these little boxes anyway. What are you driving around that for? It's a tin can. You might as well just save up your Coke cans, fuse them together and drive around. You might as well just get a golf cart like everybody in the villages. Why do they want you to have an electric car? So they can control whether or not you fuel up or not. There are all these people that are flying around their private jets and floating around in their yachts. You really think they care about the climate? They care about control. They all jet five, 600 planes, jet into Davos every year for the climate summit. At the climate summit in Glasgow, Scotland, Bill Gates... And Jeff Bezos were off, they didn't wanna stay in a hotel, so they stayed offshore on their yachts and helicoptered it every day in the name of climate change and they care about CO2 in the air? Which CO2 makes up .04% of the atmosphere right now? And that's the greatest threat to humanity? They just create a problem out of thin air, present their solutions to you that just happen to take away all your freedom. Well, again, there you go, Tom, that's American. That's not biblical. Really, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You're supposed to have a free life. If somebody opposes freedom, that means they're opposing the church, and we are to be restraining. And what they're trying to do right now is get you in an electric car as they cordon off fuel. Oh, it just happens to be that we no longer produce fuel in the United States of America. It just happens to be that we shut down the, the, the pipeline, the Keystone XL pipeline coming down from Canada. And you know what, you see you have, how many, how, many, how many barrels is that per day? Does anybody know? 880,000 barrels per day coming out of Canada. Shut off. Shut off. Why would that be? Why, why would you do that? So that you force people into another, another behavior that you want them to be in. You force them to do it. So then you know, freedom is being able to drive around in a car. No. Freedom is being able to have a firearm. No. So what do they do? They shut down, think about, it. if there's no logic behind it and it's all nonsensical, there has to be a nefarious purpose. If you have a vaccine mandate in place because you want to slow the spread, and the vaccine itself does not stop transmission or infection, explain to me the reason behind the mandate. Right? That's the purpose behind these things. It really is that simple. So they shut down the XL pipeline, and so you can, you can you, the 880,000 barrels per day are cleanly moved throughout the, throughout the, throughout the United States, right? Clean, right write down a pipeline. There's no, there's no carbon emissions. So what did they do instead? Shut down the pipeline and ship it in. The most eco-unfriendly thing you could do on the planet, not that I believe in any of that garbage, is to ship things. And the next worst is to bring it in by train. So instead of a pipeline, that's what we're doing. What's really happening in Saudi Arabia right now is we have our president go over and talk about ankle grabbing. (laughs) What's really happening in Saudi Arabia has absolutely nothing to do with their oil production. It's all about their refining capacity. Do you know that? What good is oil if you don't refine it? None of us are going and getting uh, barrels of oil and pumping them into our car. It has to be refined into gas. Well, we've shut down. All, we've shut down such a large amount of refineries in America. We don't have the refining capacity. They're actually going over there because Saudi Arabia is building refineries. So not only are they producing the oil, they refine the oil. Same things happen in, in China. It's all about. And I, it's politics. It's not politics. They're trying to get it to where there's one source of each major need in the world. So that there's only one way to get it and the only way. Just like Jesus is the only way, the devil always counterfeits who Jesus is. So you'll have to come the devil's only way. Right now it's vaccines that get you your freedom back that they stole. Literally, it's like going up to somebody who stole your TV. I bet I should pick something else. Stole your iPad and then they give it back to you. Oh my gosh, what can I do to thank you? Yeah, I'll thank you, right? I'll thank you right, right with my fist in your face. We want, we, want, we want you, we want, you know, we're giving everybody their freedom back. Really, the freedom that you stole? But that's the point of it all. It's not politics. It's to leverage you into a one world commerce system. Well, I didn't come to church for an Alex Jones session. Well, you're at the wrong church, I guess. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be little avenues throughout the service. It's got nothing to do with Alex Jones. You know, Alex Jones is a backslidden Baptist anyway. He knows what's happening. I'm not saying he's right all the time. I'm just saying he knows what's happening. This is not politics. This is about teaching Christians to be the restraining. You can't comply and restrain at the same time. You can't restrain the antichrist spirit and comply with the antichrist spirit at the same time. You're also not supposed to conform to the pattern of the world because you can't conform to the pattern of the world and restrain the world. If the whole world wears a mask and the whole world is locked down and the whole world is lining up for vaccinations, you ought to do the opposite. Last thing I'll say about this is this. When you talk about the police, when you talk about Pastor Arthur being arrested, it's one of the things that made me most upset when Pastor Rodney got arrested, is the, is the police. So Marzina, she talks about the police and how there aren't any good police in Canada. I agree with her. There aren't. There's hardly any. Certainly isn't any really good national police in the United States, if you know what I mean. Why do the police do this? Why would a police officer making A middle-class income in Canada sacrificed all that they swore to protect and defend. Same thing happened during the major COVID. There's plenty of Americans that got arrested for not keeping six feet apart and wearing a mask. Why would police officers do that? Do you know what it is? Now I'm going into the message, sort of. (laughs) The love of money. No, it can't be. That's only for rich people. It It doesn't say rich people are the root of all evil. Says the love of money is. Oftentimes, the people who love money the most are the poor and the middle class. I'm middle class. They'll do anything to defend that life, anything to preserve that life, even attack the very thing that provides them that life. Attacking the social fabric that enables them to have that life when you go and start arresting pastors. It's not going to happen. It's not going to come for you, police officer. Not going to come for you eventually. Everybody who ushered in Stalinism was killed by Stalin. They will do anything. Christians do it all. This This is what the whole church did. Pastors were terrified of losing what they had. And for all intents and purposes, most pastors are middle class, maybe upper middle class, I don't know, or lower middle class. The full gamut. They'll do anything to preserve it I'll say what needs to be said. I'll do what needs to be done. You want us mass, we'll mass. You want us locked down, we'll lock down. Just give me my PPP money so that we can sustain. Sustain what? A giant pile of manure? You have to unequivocally stand in their face. No, it's not politics. If you don't, you will be wearing that QR code on your forehead or on your right hand. If you can't stand now, you won't stand then. It's a 99% survival virus. What are you gonna do when they say, you know what? No food unless you take the mark. What are you gonna do? You have to stand and you have to stand now. Let me teach you how to do that. Sin is the deal. Sin, S-I-N, and people are like, what is that? I know, that's the modern church. There's people in here looking at me right now, you're new. We talk about it here at this church because sin is the deal. Well, you, you don't wanna be sin conscious, you wanna be grace conscious. Not a Bible verse. Lump that in with Hillary Clinton's It Takes the Village. Same thing, made out of thin air. I don't want to be sin- who told you not to be sin conscious? Where, where'd that come from? Certainly didn't come from the Bible. And if Jesus is the word, John chapter one, verse one, John chapter one, verse 14, 1 John chapter five, verse seven, Jesus is the word. There is no delineation between Jesus and this. Well, I, I believe in the peaceful Jesus who would never open up the desert floor and swallow his own people. Well, no, you believe in the wrong guy. You, you've made up your own pharisaical Jesus that you worship like an idol. You made up your own. Make sure that every bedrock of what you believe is the Bible. Not what you think, not what sits well with you because there's a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death, Proverbs fourteen twelve. Make sure that it is the word of God that you are standing on. And I am telling you, sin is the deal. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. So sin is a big deal. That's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Well, you don't have to talk about that right now, Tom. We're all in church, really? I don't need to talk about sin in here? I certainly need to hear about sin. Anybody else? A lot of people need to hear about sin, and it's a life and death issue, literally, that they hear about sin right now. I was going to say at the beginning, you know what, sin is a big deal, but that wasn't big enough. Sin is the deal. Sin is the deal. And we have to look at sin the way that God does. You're like, Tom, this is very rudimentary. Obviously, we were not very solid in the evangelical movement since most of the church closed. Something was wrong. There was something wrong with the bedrock foundation of the church. What was wrong with the bedrock foundation of the church? When something is presented to you, you go to the word. What do you do when somebody comes up to you and wants to badmouth me today? Go to the word. What should you do? If someone wants to badmouth somebody to you. What should you do? Oh, you know what? Let, let's, uh, you know, let's get together. Let, let's pray. It's not what you do. You go shut your mouth. You got a problem with it. Go talk to the person. It's very simple. It's Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Is that what you do? A lot of people are going to burn in hell for all of eternity that are absolutely shocked because they're going to find out that gossip was a sin. Whoops! Man, I had adultery down, murder down, wasn't a liar, but I was a gossip. let me let me just tell you what's happening in the worship team right now let's talk about it so just so we can pray just so we can pray (laughs) liar you got now you can just add liar to your list of to your list of sins on top of gossip Uh, you you have to look at sin the way that god does isaiah 55 8 9 for my thoughts are not your thoughts for my thoughts are not your thoughts Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We need to elevate our thinking to God's thinking. When it comes to sin, do we look at sin the way that God does? Are his thoughts higher than ours when it comes to sin? Because we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability, 1 Corinthians two sixteen. We have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to think like him. All we have to do, it's as with anything. If you want healing, all you have to do is be willing. If you want victory, all you have to do is be willing if you are saved. We have all of his stuff. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is ours. Ephesians 1, 3. Philippians 2, 5 says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians two sixteen. for who has known the mind of the Lord? that he may inform him, but we have the mind of Christ. So we have it, right? We have it. How does God look at sin? Psalm chapter five, verses one through seven, it says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. What is leasing? Gossip? Running your mouth behind people's backs? Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will destroy the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into the house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. That's how God thinks about sin. He, wait a minute, Tom, wait, wait, wait. It can't be. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. But I I was told beautiful the mess we are. That God God loves our eccentricities. God loves that we're not perfect. That's not true. God gave you the blood of Jesus so he could look upon your perfection. So all your imperfections were removed. He didn't, he didn't give you the blood of Jesus to stay in sin. He didn't give you the blood of Jesus to stay in carnality. Thou, the foolish shall not stand up. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. What? He hates the workers of iniquity? I was always told God hates the sin but not the sinner. Not a Bible verse. Whoops. See, oh, Tom, that's, you're not allowed to be a contrarian to the modern theology. Absolutely am. Absolutely am. Without hesitation. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. This, you know what? This, this offends me. You see all the people walking out right now? This offends me. Yeah, see what I mean? They can't handle the gospel. It really, they can't, you, in the modern church, they cannot handle This offends me. It doesn't matter. You'll still be held accountable for it anyway. It can offend you all you want. It doesn't matter if you're offended. It doesn't change anything you'll still stand at the great white throne judgment. It doesn't matter whether you're offended. It doesn't matter if it works a nerve. Sin is sin, and you will be held accountable for it. Who's walking out of here right now? Unrepented sinners who want to be called Christians. What What kind of storm did I walk into? This is what every church should be. Pastors are trying to fill rooms instead of preach the gospel. I can tell who they are when they get up. I told you, I am the world record setter. More people walk, and don't try to save them either. Let them go. John 6, 53 through 67, many of his disciples went back and walked with them no more. Jesus did not set up a team. You know, what Pastor Tom met was that? Do not be my mediator. I said what I said, and I mean exactly what I said. Amen. Well, most people would not actually have a guy that wouldn't be confronted at the door. The guy waved at me when he was leaving. Most pastors would never do that. I do. I don't care. It's exactly this. He got exactly what he needed to hear. And he decided to, this causes, um, people are like, yeah, but it's not peaceful. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Not a Bible verse. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. Whoops! Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross, crucify himself, and follow me is not worthy of me. Let her walk out the door. I don't want to crucify myself. Well, of course you don't and you've been massaged for the last 50 years inside the church, people telling you you're addicted to pornography, nobody says a word to you and you think you're going to heaven. You're not. Yeah, but I said a sinner's prayer when I was eight years old at VBS. Doesn't matter. You're like, man, I never heard anybody preach like this before. You should, you should. Whatever's happening over here, dude, you got an issue? Just go ahead, and, Travis, if you take care of that for me. You can just walk out, dude. Bye-bye. Get out. You get out or the cops will be taking you out. So just gobble. There we go. We'll just wait for that to be done. Just take them out that rear door there, guys. Thank you. See what I mean? You stir up trouble if you're a Christian. You're like, well, this doesn't happen here every week. Well, of course it doesn't happen here every week. I don't want it to happen any more than you do. But the thing is, you stir up trouble. People, listen, you want a problem, you've come to the right place. I won't deal with you. I'm not gonna sit here and have an argument with you. Get out. No problem whatsoever. The gospel will be preached here, and it offends people. well I don't believe that God is like that doesn't matter it doesn't matter that you don't believe it because you'll still be held that goofball right there he will be held to this standard and I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away for there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God he'll be one of them Because just as man is destined to die once and after that, they will face judgment. Hebrews chapter 12, verse six. He can mock all he wants. He can try to stand up against me all he wants. He gonna die and he'll stand before God. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Mock me all you want. Walk out the back of the church all you want. It's still coming. It's still coming. Man, this is, this is old school gospel. This is, shouldn't be old school. How is this? How, how's the Bible old school? People often wonder, they come to the church, they're like, yeah, we've been coming for a couple weeks. Well, we'll see if you make it. I hope you do. Because I'm not preaching one thing here that's not the Bible. And about 10 people walked out so far. I told you, I'm a world record setter. More people walk out in the middle of my messages than you'd ever seen before in your life. And most pastors would back off because of that. I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated by people pleasing. At all. I'm compelled by the Holy Ghost to the living God to preach the gospel. And we will preach it. And all those people that walked out this morning, I guarantee you, See, there's still a few stragglers that come into town that believe that this is still Fellowship Church. That's probably them. We had a man that called the office and wanted marriage counseling because he thought it was Fellowship Church and this is his home church. How can this be your home church when you haven't been here since bare minimum of February? (laughs) So can I get marriage counseling? No. How, 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 how can you be a Christian? And when people ask you for help, you know, because I don't give that which is holy unto the dogs. I don't cast my, pear, my pearls before the swine. A lot of you, are, there's, there's a good portion of you that are clapping. A lot of you are afraid to clap because you don't think that's loving. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for they will despise the wisdom of your words. Proverbs 23, 9. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you, Matthew 7, 6. Jesus calling people dogs and pigs. This is why the church caved. They don't know how to be the Lion of Judah. All they know how to be is a lamb. You're supposed to be lion and lamb. I'll train you. If you want to be trained, I'll train you. Because I will never give an inch. Never. Not an inch. If Pastor Rodney wouldn't have been arrested, I don't know what would happen to this state. DeSantis won by 11,000 votes over Andrew Gillum in this state 11,000 votes That's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you guys are happy this won but 11,000 votes <clears throat> man who was found in a hotel room with naked male prostitutes and drugs that was almost the governor what would have happened then would have been a bunch of us carted out of here in handcuffs well I just don't believe that God is like that it doesn't matter that you don't believe it it really doesn't matter It's like it doesn't matter if you're offended. What does it matter? I'm really bothered by what? Okay, who cares? The person who bothered you doesn't care. Many of you right now, you're carrying wounds around and the person who wounded you doesn't care. You think every night they're burning incense to an image of you going, oh, I wish I had them back. They don't care. That doodah that was standing over there, he's already over it. Idiots get over things really quick, you know why? Because they're idiots. I refuse, I refuse to be like mainstream churches. You have to look. The reason why they all caved and the love of most will grow cold. Let me break that down for you for just a minute. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved, right? Jesus talking. What does that mean, love of most will grow cold? What's love for God? To obey his commands. First John 5, 3. Jesus said, first, that's First John 5, 3. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. The reason why those people walked out, they're probably all triple vaxxed or quadruple vaxxed. All COVID cavers is because they don't have this foundation. They've been butt kissed and bootlicked their entire Christian life. Please stay in the church. I'll do anything. That should sound very familiar. I'll do anything, I won't. I love you way more than the one who kisses your butt. I love you way more than the one who licks your boots. Way more. The great, I'm not a parent, but just using parent as symbolism, the greatest parent is the one who doesn't prioritize their kid above their spouse. Kid becomes number one. Kid gets born, wife lops off all her hair, buys a minivan, and everybody puts on 50 pounds and they all go to various kid events for the rest of their lives. And then lo and behold, the kid moves out when they're 18 or 20 years old. Everybody's fat, Their diet consists of fruit roll-ups and juice boxes. And they don't know how to talk to each each other anymore because they haven't had an adult conversation in 18 years. Because kid was number one. That's not the Bible. That's very acceptable to many people probably in this room. Of course our kids are number one. They're not supposed to be number one. Your wife should be number one. Your spouse should be number one. Just the spillover effect from having a godly marriage will make you a better parent than prioritizing your kids. It's the same thing inside the church. You have to deal with sin correctly or you will deal with nothing correctly. Sin is accommodated inside the church, tolerated inside the church. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be confronted in the church. The sinners should not feel comfortable sitting in here this morning. I know they don't. They all got up and left. I had some doodah come up to me and tell oh, you seem to be very concerned about the people who left. No, it's just fun preaching fodder. I don't care. Thousands and thousands of people in Northport alone did not come today. I feel bad for them. I'm certainly not bothered by it. I'm kind, I've, I've turned into a mega night owl for a long, well, I have been a mega night owl for a long time, so that makes it sound like it just happened. So like, right now, I, I mean, I, I went to bed at, I don't know, 5, 5.30 in the morning today. So I'm mildly tired right now. You think anything that happened this morning because I'll run out of gas here in about three hours. I'll sit on the couch right when I get done eating my 20th chicken wing and my fourth slice of pizza. And I just finished my Slurpee after I dumped Coke on top of my Slurpee. When I get done with that, I'll fall asleep. These people don't affect me at all. I'm not a respecter of persons. I look at people For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. They don't want the surgery. All those sad, pathetic people that walked out of here had the opportunity to respond to the gospel and chose not to. Don't let that be you. Don't let it be you. I want you to remember something this morning. Sin is sin, everything else is not. See, I'm actually gonna be nicer in my own mind. In my mind, I'm an incredibly nice person. Don't pop my bubble. I won't let you anyway. Sin is sin, everything else is not. Let me explain this to you deeply. I went over this about 60 days ago, but we're gonna do it again. Everything else, there's sin is sin in everything, and I repeat, everything in the English means everything. Everything in the Latin means everything. Everything in the Hebrew means everything. Everything else is not. In the church we like to call every failing sin. It's not correct. Sin is special. There are things that are sin that are failings and there are failings that are not sin. Sin keeps you out of heaven. Nothing else does. Nothing else does. Now here's the problem with preaching this. There's always a problem with preaching something. What's the problem? Weird people. <laughs> people will take this as a license to be stupid. Well, Tom said, they I, it comes back to me. Wives come in and tell my wife that my husband said Tom said. I am not licensing you to be stupid. Just because it isn't sin. Sin keeps you out of heaven. Everything else does not. Only sin. That's why Jesus came into the world to save us from sin. Hell on earth is different. Sin will certainly deliver that, but so will many other things that are not sin. Sin is different. Don't worry, we're gonna break it down very specifically so everybody knows. The devil has been attacking that conceptual truth from the beginning of time. He wants to conflate sin with all other failings. So it removes the sharpness and impact of sin in your perception. Where do you get that from, Tom? Genesis chapter three, verses one through four. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the women, to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? God did say you could eat of every tree. The word every was used, right? Except the devil left out, except. There's always an element of truth in the giant lies. There is a virus, yeah. We all live, there's a virus. It's 99.9% survivable. More survivable than the flu for people zero to 50 years of age and the same exact as the flu from 50 to 70 and mainly kills the obese and the elderly. We'll leave that part out, but it is a virus. Are you sure that the solution really meets how much of a problem it is? The devil has been attacking this from day one. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. So, so far, we sort of have the truth. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it. Nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. It's been attacked from day one. Attacked from day one. Will you deal with your selfishness and I'll deal with my adultery. Both are sin and... No, they're not. Does selfishness lead to hell on earth? Yeah, ask every married couple in the room. One sin, what is not? But can't you eat of all the trees in the garden? They're all the same. Wrong. Sin is sin. Everything else is not even incredibly stupid, self-impulsive, self-centered behavior is not sin in and of itself. My husband's just a self-centered jerk. He's not going to hell for that. He may be laying the groundwork for going to hell. You've got to understand that, otherwise you don't know how to respond to anything. If you don't know how to respond to sin, how do you respond to sin? Process it? I'm going through the process, I lied 574 times last year, and I've cut that down this year to 573 times. In 572 more years, I'll lie no more. (laughs) I'm in the process, nobody's perfect, not a Bible verse. Now, selfishness is a process. It's going to take you time to unselfish yourself. But adultery needs to be gotten rid of now. See the difference? One's a process. One is a run. That's why people walk out the back door. They want it to be a process because they want to keep on sinning. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God written to the church in Jerusalem. To the Christian who is deliberately keeping on sinning. Out the back door. Look at those big giant brown doors. Can't wait to get to those. Because I want to keep on sinning. They won't be honest with themselves. You know what I do? You know what I have done? In the past, whenever I was, as a Christian, this last time this happened was in college. So it was 10 years ago or so. <laughs> I would go through periods of time when I was in college where I was sinning. You know what I did? Oh no, it happened one time when I was at the SO2. I got involved with a woman I shouldn't have been involved with. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere near church. I don't like these doodahs walking out of here today who want to come in here and be stroked and told that they're okay when they're going straight to hell. If I would have died in that situation that I was in, I was going to hell for it. You know what turned me around? Promise Keepers and T.D. Jakes. Seriously, went to a Promise Keepers convention, didn't wanna go, I was in the midst of sinning, and my church made me go because I'd signed up. I'd stopped even going to church, hadn't been there for a month. I'm not going in there in the presence of the Holy Ghost and pretend like I'm a Christian. At least I'm authentic. Unlike crazy man and the rest of the people that walked out of here today. I'm not going in there. I'm not gonna stand there and act like I'm a Christian when I'm not. God prefers it. What did I do? I obeyed the word of God found in Revelation three fifteen and 16. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou word cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of, the ma- out of my mouth. God wants you to choose hot, cold. I chose cold. And that actually made me more pliable and ready to hear T.D. Jakes. Because I was cold. I wasn't playing games. I drove up there. I hated everybody in the van. They're all people who love me to death. Seriously, all. I'm in This is before I had a brain in my head that I would have just gone up and got a hotel room. We all slept on the floor of a gymnasium at a church. What a bunch of oh man! What am I? What was I thinking? Without an air mattress, like, I had to like fold up my sleeping bag so I could be so the floor wouldn't be you know just concrete hard. I'm laying there all night. Get a hotel room. Back then it cost thirty bucks. What's the matter with me? It has nothing to do with the message. But anyway. <laughs> so T.D. Jakes gets up and starts speaking to Promise Keepers. This is probably 1994. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm getting rid of my sin. I'm getting rid of her. That's what I did. How, all those people walking out the door today, what do they do? They hold on to her, and they don't get rid of the sin, and they want to be called Christian anyway. And you see, that's what's happening in the world today. Everybody wants the name but not the platform. I read, a, I read a Twitter post from a woman who says, I am a pro-choice, <laughs> yeah, of course am. pro-choice, anti-Second Amendment conservative. Why would you want the name without the platform? Why would you want the name without the platform? I want to be a Christian. I'm a Christian who keeps on sinning. Impossible. You can't be a Republican and be pro-choice. It's not, on the platform is pro-life. You can't be a Christian and say that I'm going to continue to sin and call myself Christian, because I just read to you Hebrews ten twenty-six. It's not in the platform. So why would people want the name and not the platform? It has to be for a nefarious purpose. It's to devalue the platform. You can't devalue the word of God though. you can have as many say Christians, as there possibly can be. And believe me, the love of most will grow cold. I tell you, Tommy, you said we're winning. We're gonna win. We're gonna have an end time harvest of souls and an end times revival. You'll see it in Canada, you'll see it here. God has not given up on the world. People are moving to that crazy pastor. They Pulaski. Amen. They're moving because there ain't nobody else. Some of you are the same way. We didn't used to be a seasonal church. We're seasonal now. We have all kinds of people that went back up north. We never used to have that issue. And we actually had them for two solid years because nobody would go back up north because Gretchen Whitmer's there. Tom Wolf's there. Andrew Cuomo was there. Now Kathy Hochul's there. They wouldn't go back up north where congressmen get stabbed get attempted, or attempted, or, or, their, what's the word? There, there's an attempted stabbing on stage of Lee Zeldin in, in New York and the man's released the next day on, with cashless bail. Nobody wants to go live up there. They stayed down here for a couple years. They all came to me because this is all there was. You have to be insane to come to this church. If you're a modern Christian, you're nuts to be in here. I'm yelling at people as they walk out the back door. It's the craziest church in town. Only Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Rodney Howard Brown do things like that. Oh, those are my mentors, that's correct. And I, was do, I did it with, with or without them. I've been that way since day one. You try to leave a service while Rodney Howard Brown's praying over people. Try it sometime. He will call you out. Before you ever get out of the building or out from underneath the pavilion. Where are you going? In a South African accent. You want to sound like Pastor Rodney? Just put ah uh, instead of every E-R. River. Instead of river. You can imitate him very easily. Where are you going? I mean, tort. And then lights them up after the He told me on the phone the other day. Well, it wasn't the other day. It was, in, well, it was in early July, over the 4th of July. He went out into his parking lot to patrol. <laughs> because there was people sitting in the parking lot who were waiting for the fireworks that weren't coming into the service. He goes, I feed, that morning I fed 2,000 people. And now I'm offering a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar fireworks show, and they can't come in for a two-hour service. You don't enable that behavior. Well, they'll never come back. Who cares? What kind of value is it anyway? You're mean, Tom. I don't care. I'm not mean. I just tell you the truth. I, people, people think, oh, you know, I'm I'm leaving. Okay. Well, who? What am I? Le- what am I losing? You don't tithe, and you gossip. Tom, where do you get that from? I've been pastoring this church for 17 years. I just, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to talk to you for a minute. Oh, our, okay, right, you're leaving the church, right? Uh, yeah, we're leaving. All right, have a good life. Wish you the best. Aren't you going to beg me to stay? No, all you are is a gossip. And you, you know what? You make $150,000 a year, and you gave $12 to the church last year. I had a guy, get this, this is a friend of mine from the sheriff's office who attended this church for years, called me up and said, hey, we never got our giving statement. He left the church because his his daughter likes to sleep around, so, you know, he can't be that, you know, his daughter can't be a hellbound sinner. So I'm going to leave the church. See what I mean? I want the gospel to accommodate my life, not confront it. So he leaves and he says, you know what? I want my giving statement. And I said to him, okay, no problem. I called up Hope. I said, hey, he didn't get his giving statement. And she goes, well, there's only one problem. They gave nothing. (laughs) So one of the greatest conversations of my life ensued. (laughs) I would love to send you, would you like me to send you a statement with 0.0 on it? that you can give to the IRS, $0.0. No, thank you. All right, well, there's your giving statement. Amen. But the devil has been doing this for a long time. Why? Does the devil want to get you to sin? Yeah, but is that really the goal? No, the goal is this. It's like this statement, which is not a Bible verse. Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach him to fish, and he'll eat for forever. He'll eat for the rest of his life. The devil wants to create your thinking about sin so that you will perpetually sin. He doesn't want you to sin for a day. You're like, Tom, you are so hardcore on sin. You're telling me that if I today use the Lord's name in vain, if I today spent the rest of the day watching pornography, you're telling me, don't answer out loud, that I'm going to hell, I'm not saying that. You have to, Galatians 5.19, I warn you now as I've warned before, 5.19-21, through 21, I warn you now as I've warned you before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about you struggle with sin, you get it right. You struggle with sin, you get it right. I'm talking about concession to sin. The devil wants you to concede to sin, not just struggle, because concession to sin, when it becomes a lifestyle, that is a hell-bound lifestyle. Well, that doesn't work, Tom, because I'm a Calvinist. I believe in eternal security. Not a Bible verse. There ain't one in the Bible that backs up eternal security. Not one. I mean, you just look at, you have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Galatians 5.4. who have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who, who loved the wages of wickedness. 2 Peter 2:15. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to anoint, and then turn their back on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the Proverbs are true, a dog returns to his vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Bring on your Calvinist verses. Second Peter 2.20-22. 20 and you that were sometime alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet, ne- yet now hath been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be, not rem- and be not removed from the hope of the gospel. Colossians 121 through 23. Bring on your Calvinism. There ain't one Bible verse you got, nothing. I'm holstered up and I'm ready. You don't have it. I've read it, you don't have it. Well, I believe there's no sin that can pull you out of God's hands. not a Bible verse. I know what you're referring to. John chapter 10 verse 28, it's not what it says. It says no man, no person, no devil can pull you out of God's hands. Certainly doesn't say your own decisions and your own sin can't. Tom, you will lose droves of people by preaching against eternal security. Okay, you're like Tom. You don't care that people come. I care. I care whether people come or go. I care about the truth more. See, that's the key. that's the key to life. That's the key to life. We'll do, one of the things that, uh, that the world system is trying to get in place right now is to get you to say the opposite of what your eyes see. I am looking at Leah Thomas, whose name really is Bill. Seriously, William Thomas, fully penised male. I'm looking, him, looking at him in a one-piece bathing suit in the pool. Man, you can tie up whatever you want to tie up. You can go get your transgender clothes and underwear at Target all you want. You can't hide the lump. When my dog's walking away, there's a man. Jingle bells, jingle bells. The devil wants to, to have you say the opposite of what your eyes see. You will comply. You will say that a man is a woman and a woman is a man. Why? Because that ushers in control too. No, no, Tom, it's all about you know, trying to accommodate these people's feelings. No, it's not, it's about control. Hate speech is a crime. If you look at two, our, really our two sister countries, on the globe are Canada and the UK. Really, almost indistinguishable up until recent years. It is illegal to misgender a person in Canada. Illegal to misgender a person in the UK. It's called hate speech. So really was it about accommodating their feelings or controlling you? That's the point of it all. You think that, I don't care how many times Nancy Pelosi goes on RuPaul, It really doesn't matter how many times she goes on there. She knows, this is strange, that I'm in a sausage fest right now with a bunch of people dressed up like women. (laughs) She knows it's weird, but she will go against that which her eyes see to implement tyranny because she's an agent of the devil. Understand something too. There's a big difference between sinners and wicked people. They're both going to hell. I'm just telling you, there's a big difference. You know, the sinner is just somebody, you know what, they're like, you know, I just want to sleep with my girlfriend leave me alone. No problem. But if you try to force me to tell you that's okay, you're wicked. You want to sleep with, you're a man, and you want to have sex with another man? I don't get whisker-on-whisker crime. I will never conceptualize that. I'm just saying, you want to do that, you go ahead and do it. I got no problem. I got neighbors who are full-blown gay. No problem. We actually walk our dogs together periodically. They don't ask, and I don't tell. They ask, I'll tell them. They know who I am. They don't bother with it. They don't poke that bear, and I don't, poke, I don't walk up to them and say, hey, hey, how you guys doing? It's good to see you. Greg, you know, it's nice to see you. Did you know, has anybody told you today that you're going to hell? (laughs) I don't do that. You probably think I do. I don't. The door swings open and they go, hey, Tom, we heard you're a pastor. What does your church believe on homosexuality? Okay. (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) Yet you have not because you asked not, but you asked, so you shall receive. The devil wants to set you up to keep sinning, just like God wants to set you up to stop you from sinning. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your thinking. The devil wants to create your thinking so that you continue to sin. God wants to create your thinking so you don't sin for as he thinks, thinking is kind of important, right? Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now what I'm going to do is 1209, I'm going to preach right to the bitter end, and we're going to close quickly. So everyone, don't worry. I'm not going to preach a long time and then have a long, drawn-out altar service. We're not going to do that. So I want everybody to relax for the next 11 minutes. Can you do that? All right. People are, listen, as many people who are worried about the clock. I have as many people outside. Don't don't even mention the clock. We'll stay for forever. I know that's not everybody. When in Rome, I know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to Americans. I know it's 1209. I don't get hungry till one o'clock. That's when it kicks in. And when it kicks in, it kicks in hard. I understand who I'm preaching to. Thinking is important, right? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your your mind. Thinking is important. How you think is incredibly important. When, that, when Jesus' is basic, his first statement of his public ministry was to get people to change their thinking, then thinking is important. Perception is everything. Perception is everything is everything. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 6, 22 and 23. Has nothing to do with what you let in and let out. It has to do with how you see things. It has to do with how you see things. The verses before that are, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth grow up and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth grow up and where thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's 619 through 21. It's all about perception. Not, not, it's not a guard your heart verse. Guarding your heart is incredibly important. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, Proverbs 4.23. But that's not a guard your heart verse. It's about how you see things. And how you see things should be through the lens of the Holy Ghost, who wrote the Word of God. So how you see sin should be how he sees sin. It's a big deal. Well, you know, every year, on our taxes, we say this, and we know it's not true hell bound sin is you refuse to repent it's just a little thing really in the eyes of god whenever i've told you this many times before but whenever you look at a list of sin you take revelation chapter 21 verse 8 but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters now did you was there an all in front of any of those no what's the next line And all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. Shall have their part in the lake. I, I, I always try to condense verses so I don't just endlessly quote them, but I'll just quote it to you. Shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God puts an all in front of liars. Out of the six things that God hates, the seven that are an abomination to him, half of those are deceit. It's a big deal to lie. Whatever your reason is, but you see, who go, well, you know what? My wife, she struggles with being moody, and I struggle with being a bold-faced liar. We're both in the process. <laughs> Wrong. Moody's going to heaven. You are not. <laughs> moody Mary, she's going to heaven. She may be impossible to live with but she's going to heaven and you'll be looking up at her, begging for a little drop of water on your tongue. And she was more intolerable than you. But we've learned what we we do in the church is we have a pharisaic idea, a false idea of what love is. Love is to, to not talk about people's sin. it's an attribute of God not to confront. Who told you that? It's been generations lost. Parents lose their kids because their daughter comes in with a boyfriend. They know that they're sleeping together. They won't say anything because they want to be Christ-like. How is it Christ-like to allow your daughter to fornicate? Most Christians think that's Christ-like. It's not Christ like. It's anti Christ like. See how quiet it is in here? Just listen, look at me, look at me, look at me. Be like me. Just don't care. Let it go. Let go or get dragged. For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Let it go. Just let it go. Amen, Tom. I will say amen myself. (laughs) When in doubt, love yourself. (laughs) I'll I'll head towards the end with this, the art of conflation. This is the devil's goal. I told you that I was gonna be nicer, I never got to the nice part, so here's the nice part. I titled this, The Art of Conflation. Call things that are not sin, sin. I told you, because everybody, they, they think it comes across as being nice, but it's actually incredibly evil and mean. To call things that are not sin, sin. It's mean. So that sin itself is no different than any other failing, See the entrance is this, the entrance to the mind, the entrance to the heart is to call things that are not sin, sin, so that eventually you get to calling things that are sin, not sin. The entrance is the virus. The end game is the mark of the beast. The entrance actually seems somewhat innocuous. I'll, listen, two weeks. Give us two weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve. I mean, so that all the ERs that are being overrun, that my secret photographer went around and filmed for me, that were not overrun. E- Inglewood, not overrun. Venice, not overrun. Tampa, not overrun. But it appears to be innocuous. You know, it's, it's just a very placid thing. Two weeks to flatten the curve. When we enter into August, we'll be at 29 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Jefferson County, Kentucky? Kentucky, which is a red state, is implementing their mask mandate again. LA, full mask mandate again, it's coming again. And the latest study that just came out, I put it on the podcast last night, Tom, why do you always have to throw COVID in? Because I can't help it. I want you to know, because they're coming again. Right now, the greatest existential threat to your life is what? What's the latest agenda, what is it? Heat, heat. Suddenly, it's summer. Ah. <laughs> Every day I get up. Every day I grab the dog and we go out and walk in the heat of the day. Every day. Same exact I've done, I've lived in Florida since 1980. It's always hot. It's no hotter now. Matter of fact, last night was kind of cool. I'm like, give me a break. Every single vaccine adverse effect, they're blaming on COVID itself, and now they're shifting to blaming it on climate. What's, what are they saying right now? This extreme heat wave is causing people to have what? Blood clots. Oh, that's strange. That never happened till 2022. I've heard of heat exhaustion, heat strokes, got that blood clots. So I'm gonna take my dog for a walk and my blood's gonna clot. here's the absolute latest one you know what they're blaming blaming for causing heart failure now because everybody's dropping dead from heart attacks out of the blue I gave a list last night 33, 44, NFL former NFL football player former NFL college football player finding bodies everywhere suddenly dying and now what they're saying is a hot shower causes your heart to stop (laughs) I'm not kidding you The World Health Organization deemed yesterday that it's now an international, monkeypox is now an international medical emergency. Monkeypox? Monkeypox, for all all intents and purposes, is empantigo for homosexual people. It's really what it is. But now it's an international medical emergency. It always starts with an innocuous start. But the goal is something far bigger. I do. We just call everything, you know, even though we know it's not sin according to the Bible, we just call everything sin. It's to take away the impact of sin itself. That way people aren't repenting, they're processing. We're just in the process. Now I'm self-centered, whatever it may be. I'm working on that, here's my list for you. I'll close with this. I'll give you a list of sins. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, ready? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, I hate that one. (laughs) Rant, rant, struggle time, struggle time, outbursts of wrath. So you know what I do when I have an outburst of wrath? I don't say that I'm in process. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago. I'm a very transparent person. drives my wife nuts. She's like, "Don't you don't have to tell everybody everything?" I know, can't help it. Whatever comes into the beautiful mind comes out of the beautiful mouth. <laughs> I smashed my phone in a fit of rage. My third or fourth device that I've smashed in a fit of rage. Seriously, as the pastor of the church, all as pastors of the church. So I look at. I could say, you know, what? I'm in the process. You know. My, Hope struggles with not apologizing. She does. She's not going to hell for not apologizing. If I don't return from my outbursts of wrath, I'll be looking up at her going, why didn't you apologize? No. I don't leave that out of the Bible, cause that's my struggle. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, drunkenness, murders, envies, rivalries. Then flipping over to 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. In the church, they're telling you that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible tells you that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is written to the church at Corinth. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor drunkards, nor covetous, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God, period. Don't be deceived in thinking that they are. Now there are the sins, here's where I'm closing. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Don't answer out loud, please don't. We go to hell for love and money no it's just the root of all evil but tom it says in mark chapter 10 verse 25 that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven that's true but it doesn't say that all rich people are going to hell it's difficult it's why so few americans are saved because there's not one american who's not rich in comparison to the rest of the world you have no idea what poverty is We really have no idea. That's why police end up so damaged, is that police, firefighters too, but firefighters have their calendars that everybody buys, so everybody loves the firefighters. (laughs) But cops end up so damaged because they live in a septic world. People don't know what the world is. They really don't know. They really don't. The love of money will not send you to hell. Are you laying the groundwork to go to hell? Absolutely. How about arrogance? Going to hell for arrogance? No. You work on your arrogance, and I'll work on my lying. Two very different things. Both stupid. See, now that's where people are gonna come in. I'm gonna get a message from my wife this week that she talked to another wife in the church. I've been confronting my husband about how arrogant he is, but Tom said that he's not going to hell for it, so he's just gonna keep on doing it. You're an idiot. (laughs) Talk about preaching against yourself. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. If you forsake the assembling of yourselves together, are you going to hell for it? No. You're on your way, but not for that specific act. Is the lazy going to hell? No, the fornicator will. You work on your laziness, I'll work on my fornication and porn watching. No, the lazy person will be looking down at the fornicator and porn watcher. Two very different things. Proverbs 12, verse 16 A fool shows his annoyance at once. You an eye roller? Look at me now. Are you an eye roller? Everything. A fool shows his annoyance at once. Is that you? I've been picking on all men today, so I'll pick on the women. Is that you? You're a fool. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. And by the way, that one hurts me. You know why? Because I show my annoyance at once. Almost every time I am not very refined in that area. You go to hell for it? No. How about the pot smoker versus the one drink Christian, as if there's any that exists, but I'll pretend that there are. Well, what's the difference between alcohol and pot smoking? Not a whole lot, but I'll tell you what the nuanced difference is. You can technically, people do actually drink to not get drunk, but you don't smoke pot to not get high. You're welcome. Boy, it got quiet in here. Maybe I need to preach about cannabis more often. <laughs> one is very different than the other. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Anybody struggle with that one? Proverbs 115? No, just me, I guess. Glad that I'm in a group of such holy people. And no struggles at all. There are a bunch of people's facial expressions right now looking at me. That poor soul poor guy (laughs) you don't go to hell because you don't give soft answers it's not a sin it's stupid does everybody get the difference now you can be harsh and go to heaven but you can't be idolatrous and go to heaven those are two very different things now how i'll finish with this how would laziness cross you over into hell-bound sin But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy 5.8. There you go. There's the crossover. You see how it works? That's how it is. Now you have to think of sin this way. Done. Amen? If you do, then you'll think of everything else God's way healing God's way, prosperity God's way, your best days are ahead of you God's way, always cause the triumph God's way. But it all starts with dealing with the rudimentary first. And if you do, watch your life skyrocket through the heavens, amen? Amen. I told you be quick, worship team, make your way. We'll pray as they're coming, so I'll get you out of here before 1230. Here we go, every hand in the air, Just ignore everybody that's walking up here. Aaron, pop right into the closing. Now here's the thing. We pray this every week, but I want you to know, for me, it's not religion. Don't let it be religion for you. I am taking, what's the date today, the 24th? So we won't meet again in this building as the whole church until the 31st. So I am praying from the 24th to the 31st. There are 31 months, 30 days, 31 days this month, right? I am actually praying over this seven day period, really am, that God opens the windows of heaven upon you, that you are victorious in every second of your life, that if you need healing, you will be healed. If you need joy, you will receive joy. If you need encouragement, you will receive it. The doors will be open and doors will be closed for divine appointments praying for it all over you, that this week would be an unbelievable, great week for you. Let's pray over that together. Father God, we pray over one another. And I pray over my brothers and sisters in Christ right now. And I pray that Monday would be great. Well, that today would be great. Monday would be great. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday would be great. Doors would open. The windows of heaven showered upon them, Lord. I pray that this week, the day of testimony, next Sunday would be, man, was this a great week. I pray it over them right now. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church shouts, amen. And amen, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord, and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved.
0: Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.